Quit school when she was 17. Senator on TV calls her welfare queen. Used to be daddy's little girl. Now she needs help in this mean old world. Buys cassette tapes in the bargain bin. Loves Carlene Carter and Loretta Lynn. Tries to have fun on a Saturday night. Sunday morning don't shine too bright. Howdy everybody, Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 78 of Justified Pursuit. Alongside, as always, Riding Shotgun, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. How in the world are you, man? Oh, it's not a great Wednesday in the Hill Country with the events of Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um. I would like to speak briefly about that right off the top and then not speak about it anymore. Um, terrible tragedy happened yesterday. Uh, a sick, um, demented young man went into an elementary school and shot a bunch of kids and a couple of teachers. Um, and then immediately the left started banging their anti-gun drums. Uh, it's disgusting to grandstand politically like the day of a tragedy hours dude he couldn't get up to the podium fast enough they're like joe get out here we need right. you read the teleprompter yeah. right um it's gross um clearly the gun didn't walk into that building and do that <clears throat> uh the kid is sick just like the kid at sandy hook was sick just like the kids at columbine were sick just like the kid that that school in florida was sick and everywhere else this has ever happened buffalo um, recently I would bet a lot of money that uh, this kid, like I think all of those others, is on SSRIs, uh, which is basically an anti-anxiety, anti-psychotic drug. Because in this country, we have a rapidly growing mental health crisis, and the best we can do as a society, rather than instill meaning into the lives of young men, is to demonize them as you know toxic and violent and then paper over it with a drug that seems to only make it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray sincerely for everybody impacted by this, including my 13 year old daughter who's a little shell shocked today by it. Uh, I remember when Columbine happened, I was a senior in high school and I remember that really, I, that was the first one I remember. I don't yeah. think it was the first one that ever happened. It was probably the first big one though. Uh, that guy in at UT, killed quite a few people True. before you and I were alive. Um, yeah. And you know, that, that was, that that's true. That was college. I guess the Columbine thing really resonated with me because I was about to graduate as a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of kids in high school. Um, so I kind of feel where she's coming from. Um, anyway, I pray for everybody. We both pray for everybody who's been impacted by it um, and shame on the people who are grandstanding on it. And I saw a meme earlier today that mentioned about 15 different people, classes of people that are protected by guns, politicians, bankers, uh, lots of other important, powerful people that have armed security, celebrities, et cetera, et cetera. And then yet schools are gun-free zones and that's where these things happen. So. Um, How about this? Legalize marijuana, take the tax dollars, put armed security at every school. 
Well, that would be my fix, just like if in my ideal world. I, you know, but, we wouldn't we wouldn't even need to do the first part to do the second part. We would just need to change the law. Um, but now we're starting to politically grandstand on our side of that debate, and that's not the point. So mm-hmm. we've addressed it. Uh, unless you've got anything else to say about it, let's move on. No, I just uh, the only thing I'm going to say is that people that want to kill people are going to kill people regardless of of their access to the gun that was used to commit the crime. Like, okay, True. I can't get it at yep. Walmart. I'm gonna go buy it on the black market. I'm yeah, gonna no. run my bus through a crowd of people. Whatever it is, if you want to kill people, you don't have to have a gun to do it. So they had to outlaw pocket knives in London a few years ago because mm-hmm. since there's no guns, they started stabbing people. And then when they outlawed pocket, outlawed pocket knives, they just started running into people with cars. So I stabbed a hog with basically the equivalent of a butter knife in Hawaii. They didn't have a proper big knife there. <laughs> this is going to be a harsh transition, but by all means, tell us about all the stuff that you slayed in hole in Maui. Oh, it was awesome, dude. Like you've Let's, been to Maui. Okay, wait, before. hold on. Clean break. Clean break. I'm calling for a clean break from the tragedy of yesterday to Cable's hunting adventures. Uh-huh. Uh, they're unrelated entirely. There's no thread that connects them other than, I guess, the fact that there were guns involved on both. But anyway, tell yeah. us about Maui. <laughs> well, you've been to Maui, so you know how beautiful it is. And uh, yeah, sick. it was one of the prettiest places I've ever been to. Um, Axis deer, just like the Texas Hill Country free ranging except for there dude they, they, they don't treat axis deer like we do like kind of like a revered trophy they have paid erat they call them eradicators they go around at night and shoot every axis deer that they can find every pig that they see they don't clean a single one of them they just leave them there so the idea of just letting deer lay was like a shocking thing for me to realize that's the so what uh, does clean them up do they have coyotes on the islands no dude pigs they said the pigs eat them but other than that like they have introduced mongooses that'll kind of scavenge them they don't have vultures so they it takes a while for them to decompose but they just you know number one well they're invasive they were introduced there in 59 everything Um, in hawaii is invasive right nothing native left i saw a cardinal i was like dude he was like yep invasive (laughs) yeah everything (laughs) yeah um but yeah, that was kind of like, oh, you know, you but don't, it, that, you that's don't eat an the deer. He's like, well, no, we yeah. eat them. The ones that we actually go out and hunt, like traditionally hunt, we we fill our freezers with that. But when we're eradicating, no, we 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 can't. It's like what we do with feral hogs here. How are you gonna how are you gonna kill uh, twenty deer in a night and then think you're gonna process them? They don't have hunters for the hungry either, which we have in Texas where you can donate the deer. So that's off the table. So it's kind of a catch 22 but i seeing the amount of deer there i understand why they do it it's affecting the watershed uh dude it was very dry very dry didn't look good actually a field caught on fire while i was there you could see the smoke from miles away and uh you're pretty concerned that they're in a bad drought cycle which you wouldn't associate with the tropics but that's where they find themselves well the climate in maui is definitely very very variable um, they have a dry season and a wet season. And I do think the summer is t- 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 typically dry, but you would have thought maybe they'd gotten some rain over the wintertime. But the other thing, too, is that so you were on the north side of the Haleakala volcano, right? Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. on the north facing slope, basically back towards the valley between the two right. main peaks. 
<clears throat> yeah, for those that don't know, Maui is basically two volcanic island, two volcanoes that have connected with a bridge between them, right? So there's one that's like slightly northwest and one that's like southeast, right? And then a land bridge between them where you fly in and out of what's the name of that town? Ka, Ka, Kalalui or Kahu, something like yeah, that. Yeah, Kalalui or something. Something like that. Starts with a K. Ends yeah. With so all the rain for the most part typically comes from the warm Pacific waters from the southeast right so like it's basically i'm sure if you had had a chance to make it down to hana it would still be dry by hana standards but lush Mm. and green and wet everywhere right because what happens is any moisture hits the haleakala volcanoes like twelve thousand five hundred feet yeah it's crazy right you could see the clouds you couldn't even see the peak you could just see the clouds it's a 12er a 12k mountain that comes from sea level to twelve thousand feet like it is huge right and i mean if you think about like the big the big peaks in colorado are 14ers mm-hmm. they're 2000 feet higher but they're starting denver is a mile high already at 5280 feet right so you're only talking about you're only talking about less than 10000 foot mountains this is a 12000 foot mountain from sea level to the peak so anyway the weather comes from the southeast from the warm southern waters of the pacific and it hits the ahaleakala volcano and creates like just perpetual rainfall on that side they have their rainy season when like all the waterfalls are flowing like crazy and all that stuff but even in the dry season the streams are trickling and you know and everything is lush and green so where you were is not going to get that rain unless it's the wet season non-drought time period right which is why they were like we got to get a handle on these deer (laughs) right (laughs) like um but yeah so the deer amazing hunting um shot shot the shot it on the first morning of a four-day hunt and and i saw it sounded like in the first hour hour and a half yeah uh and i'd already looked at 15 bucks dude it was nuts um then we went ocean kayak fishing i'd I'd never done that before that's cool caught a barracuda and some other small some uh, small fish uh we're trying to get a pelagic species but we had a hard time Dude, they don't have bait shops there. That was the other thing. I was like thinking back to all the time I'd spent with you on the coast or just going down with my family. Just go buy uh, three or four dozen croakers or piggy perch. That does not exist there. So Hmm. you have to catch your live bait the day of. So you have to go fishing with a rod and reel to catch the bait to catch another fish with a bigger rod and reel. Right. And if you don't, they have a saying, no bait by eight, we leave. Like, because sometimes they just can't find the bait. Hmm. So that, that proved to be very difficult for us we finally caught some bait by like uh, nine o'clock and didn't take long to hook into the barracuda but we were actually trying to catch a tuna or a wahoo or a mahi mahi and was bummed about that but still an awesome experience it's just absolutely beautiful i couldn't uh, believe how flat it was i know it was and, dead, and i said dead calm out there i would ask him like how deep are we right now he'd be like oh about 40 feet and i was like i can see the bottom crystal clear he's like yeah i said if you were if you went with me to Galveston, you would be disgusted. You can be standing in four feet of water and not be able to see your feet. <laughs> yeah, he was like, that truth. sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> so, so then uh, we, we went fishing and then to the last day we went, um, the last day I was doing adventure type stuff. We went hog dogging. It's every bit like just Texas. A lot of their culture remind me a lot of Texas from the axis deer to the, the pig dogs and um, the culture just, yeah, it was awesome. Did you feel that before I put that on your Instagram page? 
because it was like it was overwhelming when Ashley and I went out there. Yeah, I couldn't oh, yeah. believe it. So we got a, a rental Jeep and drove down to Hana. And I think I'm, I'm almost positive country music was already dialed on the station. And then so we cruised through the stations and it was like two out of every three stations was a country station. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we got to a bed and breakfast. This was all back in 2015. On the Hana side of the mountain, this really cool place I found on like VRBO or whatever. This couple owned it, and their son, uh, you know, was grown, grew up on Maui. Uh, she was like the lady was from Ohio, and her husband was a German guy. They'd lived in the island since the '90s or something. Her husband had used to be like the director of the Oahu Botanical Gardens, <clears throat> and they had bought this like forty-acre or so place on the mountainside before you get into Hana along the Hana Highway that uh, they had been uh, basically it was a farm slash just like they were reforesting it with like native species. And it was just a beautiful spot, but they had this like 2,500 square foot house that they had built. But then originally when it was just a, like a camping slash vacation spot for them, they had built this, what started as like a screened in area, then became a one bedroom kind of efficiency thing. And the way they had manicured all the foliage, like you couldn't see the one house from the other. And the one that we stayed in had this, balcony look overlooking the ocean it was sick but we get there and they tell us you know you'll see our son around from time to time he's 20 or whatever he is and um they introduced us to this farmhand this kid that had come out there from colorado he was like 18 and had somehow gotten hooked up with them where he was going to go out there and work for these people for a year or however long so he was just sort of you know working the farm or whatever and he'd only been there for a couple months and the son of the owners was taking him hog dogging that night. Oh, nice. Yeah. And like, I'm just like, I mean, I knew pig hunting on the, on the, you know, on the islands. You see the YouTubes and stuff, a big deal, you know, but it didn't occur to me that they run dogs and everything. And, you know, so it turns out that this couple's son had a pack of dogs and he's taking this kid hunting. And I had just done it for the first time. I don't know, a few years before. And so I see this like, you know, like wide eyed 18 year old kid, who clearly thought he was moving to coming from Colorado progressive utopia to like even more progressive utopia. And all of a sudden he's going pig sticking. And I was like, you ever, you ever stuck a pig before, bud? I was like, uh, uh, no, I, I haven't. And I was like, and he, there was just like so much trepidation in his voice and on his face. Right. And I was like, you ever killed anything? Uh, uh no no i haven't i was like baptism by fire oh well you're jumping in with both feet tonight buddy that's pretty cool let me uh give you a couple tips (laughs) i was like keep in mind while you're doing this just notice how much the dogs love it Hmm. and think about the fact that, that man and dog man and canine for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years have been doing this together to put yourself in an ancient primal mindset as you go do this and he was like huh yeah. Okay, cool. But anyway, I say all that to say between the fishing and the spear, you know, spear fishing and the free diving and just the wild ass jungle, like Bushman attitude and the country music and the four by four trucks all over Kalalui or whatever the hell that town's called. I was like, if it weren't for this giant mountain in front of me and the ocean behind me, this would be Texas. Yeah. Everything oh, yeah. about it, like this fierce, awesome, like connected to the land, like don't give a rip proud maui man heritage thing was i don't know dude even the accent i mentioned this on your instagram like you think of a hawaiian accent but when you really 
kind of immerse yourself into it, you start to realize that sounds like it sounds like a bunch of rednecks. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to like a southern kind of country accent. Oh, they they it's they a have a different kind of mixed the Polynesian Hawaiian right. language with with English, and they call it pigeon. Right, and then I, I know where you were. It's pretty much all farmland, right? So there's yeah. there's that aspect too. There's this huge agricultural hub, uh, particularly in between the two the two mountains. So anyway, yeah. keep going. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh uh, no, that, that's pretty much it. The the but yeah, the, the guy was like, he was moving uh, my guide, and so he had left his pig sticker in at his other house and he goes into the house he's moving out of. He's like, well, all I have is this knife. And he hands me like a 30 year old doll as hell steak knife. <laughs> like, Oh, all right. I'm really going to have to good, get in there with this good thing. thing. It wasn't a big pig. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But, uh, yeah, you, had, was, a, you was, had a legit, like, I didn't realize you were going to get to do that much stuff. That was a pretty cool. It's a, yeah. It's a sportsman's paradise. Maui sure. adventure. <laughs> Uh, the last day I got to check out a couple of beaches in McKenna State Park. I look and there's these people going over this ridge. And I ask this couple that's sitting on the beach. And I was like, what's over there? They're like, oh, that's the nude beach. And I was like, is it all fat old people? And they're like, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Not what you think. The hotties don't. The hotties are content to keep the uh, the private parts covered. Yeah. Uh, um, let me tell you one more thing. So you didn't get to make it around to the south end, right? Mm-mm. Nope. So anybody who ever goes to Maui, try to make sure that you get down to Hana, which again, that's on the south side, farthest south end of of Maui on the south facing slope of the Haleakala Mountain. Uh, to get there from the airport town, you take what's called the Hana Highway, which I think is only like 60 or 70 miles. But in that 60 or 70 miles, you're circumventing like the entire east and part of the southeast side of the volcano, right? So the highway is a two-lane highway on a mountainside, steep mountainside, where it's ocean to the off the driver's side and mountainside on the passenger side. Two lanes, no shoulders. There are 75 waterfalls you'll pass by and 150 switchback turns. And when I say switchback, I mean like Imagine a volcanic mountainside is just like, even though it's circular, right? It's a series of like shoulder, like edge knife edges, right? So you, you go out towards the ocean around a, a ridge and then you tuck back in heading towards the mountain towards like a crevice. That's one of these waterfalls. And then you get all the way in and you make the turn to head back out and you just keep doing that. So the 70 miles takes like, took us like two and a half hours of mm-hmm. in and out and in and out and in and out. And every time, you go in to one of these crevices, there's a potential that there's a waterfall cascading across the road. And one way or another, though, you're making this, like I said, almost 180 degree turn, right? You go straight into the mountain, straight back out to the outer edge of the ridge. And so when you're coming around the outer edges of these ridge, you're going around a blind, completely blind curve. And it's cool because the the way it works is like there's this unspoken code of how to drive it. So if you come around the, because when you, when you neck down, when you're doing the inside turn where the waterfalls are, the stripe goes away. And generally speaking, these little bridges that get you across these crevices are basically one lane wide, maybe like a car and a half. So there is no passing each other as you make that turn. Plus the freaking roads wet. 
So you come across, you come around this ridge edge, and now you can see across like a little valley to the far ridge and the traffic coming that direction. Whoever gets to that turn first has the right of way. But mm. so do like the next three or four cars back, right? So if you come around the ridge and you look across and there's already a car heading towards the little waterfall switchback turn, then you break, you hold up traffic behind you while two, three, four cars or whatever make it. And then when there's a sizable gap, you go. And if you're the first one around, you just keep going and trust that they're going to stop. <laughs> it's the damnedest thing, man. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's really cool. Ashley had to drive because she gets car sick, like driving across town. This thing <laughs> is like, she was like, no, somebody like her. This is their worst effing nightmare, dude. <laughs> like, it's so intense. She got like, she never gets car sick when she's driving. It was almost making her car sick driving. But anyway, she got into that rhythm and by day two or three, cause our, that con the place we stayed, I was talking about, it was like eight miles from Hana. So we still had to do that. Every time we ran into Hana to see my buddy, Jake, who lived out there, it was nuts. And, but man, she like totally owned that flow. And, you know, people get pissed when a Howley F's up the flow, right? Like, yeah. You better figure out what you're doing if you're going to be running the Hana Highway or you're going to get honked at and cussed at. And, you know, like I mentioned, these are fierce people. Oh, yeah. My guide your, said might, might get your ass beat. he has routinely has to lay down on the horn. And, and he was like, yeah, I've actually had to flick people off many times. Just to, I'm surprised just he like, the, the tourists just don't even know what they're doing, holding up traffic. And yeah. anyway, uh, and then if you go around that, the, the other way, if you go around the other way, there's way. a roadless desert for like 40 miles. Mm. which is uh, equally uh, impressive. But anyway, I'll have yeah. to check out that stuff uh, when I'm not hunting or fishing next time I go. Um, so let's just real quick hit on, because it's like a running theme, don't transgender our kids. And dude, the more Bill Maher opens his mouth, the more I just think he's... Dr. Erica Anderson is a prominent 71-year-old clinical psychologist who is herself transgender. And who now says, I think it's gone too far. The LA Times summarizes, she's come to believe that some children identifying as trans are falling under the influence of their peers and social media. If you attend a small dinner party of typically very liberal upper income Angelinos, it is not uncommon to hear parents who each have a trans kid having a conversation about that. What are the odds of that happening in Youngstown, Ohio? If this spike in trans children is all natural, why is it regional? Either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them. Dude, I, I love that doctor, last one. A doctor who is a transgender themselves saying this stuff has gotten out of control. <laughs> I love the last point where he yeah. says either, either Ohio is uh, shaming them or California is creating them. He... Yeah. Basically said everything but groomer there. Yeah. I think he's starting to feel dirty about being a Democrat. There's no doubt. He's, con he's, I feel bad for the guy. He he's to completely lost take and a cold right shower now. every day and wash that filth off of him. He's completely lost and confused. He, I, I, I told you, I mentioned it on the show that episode he did with Rogan. He still said he thinks the right is still worse but the left needs to really get their S together, but he doesn't actually talk that way. Mm -mm. And the reality is he still buys the traditional old school talking of points about what the right is, man. I think I mentioned it, but I had this great conversation with mom the other day where I, I asked her, 
tell me what you think the difference is between these two parties. Like if you can sum it up in just a couple of sentences, what's the foundational fundamental difference? And the difference is what's the role of government? Right. But well, what they've I would done also throw in there that by and large, one party is godless. So there's two really big differences in my eye. Dude, but there everything, are Christian Democrats. But, hold on. but, but every, you're, you're, you're right. But everything starts and flows from what is the role of government. Mm-hmm. Everything starts from there. Even the godless part. Right. Because if you're a believer in a higher authority, you will not put the government above that. Right. But mm-hmm. they, their higher authority is the government. They've already created an idol out of the government because that's where they think all problems are solved. Believers think all problems are solved through your faith in Jesus Christ or Allah or Yahweh or whoever you pray to, right? Mm-hmm. Pick a God, so, dude. So, any, so even, even, even that religion is, gonna, is designed to make you a better person. Right. So to the extent that, that Mars is, is, a, is a, quote, liberal Democrat, I don't think it has any, I don't think he's ever really thought, maybe it's because he's too high all the time. I don't know that he's ever really thought about what he's actually voting for. He's voting for the emotional bullshit. He's not voting for the actual policy, you know, right. The political positions because the political positions are again, all BS, you know, now there are some areas like gay marriage there. No doubt. He's a more of a liberal traditional liberal when it comes to that and and yeah so the, the right so, the republic well but the republicans you can say as a party have been dominated by getting back to religion people of faith who you know large swaths of them don't support gay marriage but i think our generation and now beyond have come to this more libertarian understanding of the fact that that's exact that goes even that goes right back to the role of government is it the government's place to mandate who can be joined in a union for you know the various benefits from law from particularly from a legal standpoint that come from that? You and I agree, no. I don't think the government should be allowed to say you're not allowed to get married. I also don't think the government should be allowed to say your church has to do it. Or as a wedding right. bake caker, you have to bake a cake for that, right? Right. There's a happy median in between those two, right? And that's you know, then they like to flip this abortion debate on conservatives and be like, I thought you don't want government involved. Why are you going to put the government between a woman and her healthcare provider? Because there's another human life involved. You slap B. That's why. And y'all can pretend there's not, but there is. And somebody has to protect that human life. That's the government's job. Solely and exclusively to protect, protect innocent lives. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. Well, moving on from that, uh, thank you, Bill Maher, for for that gold nugget. Uh, Kamala, or is it Kamila? I still don't know. Kamila, and I still don't care. Definitely, Uh, someone, some, someone told me that I was a disrespectful asshole because I keep mispronouncing the vice president's name on on purpose. I'm like, I don't do it on purpose. I don't, I don't really care. And I totally do it on purpose. Who told you that? Some some dude on social media was. Saying why he was on, uh, it was on Facebook. He was unsubscribing to my podcast because I am a disrespectful asshole and I don't respect the office of the vice president of the United States. Peace out, bro. Whatever, dude. I would argue neither does she. So, (laughs) 
She's the one that holds it. But here's uh, here's Kamila's corner for today. And now it's time for Kamila's corner. That's a huge bitch. He was, this, he was unsubscribing from this podcast or from Lone Star? Oh, from my other podcast, because uh, I've mentioned I, I will uh, dive into these topics more concerning like gun control, stuff like that. Second Amendment on my other show. Sure. And uh, so here we go. I would imagine you have a slightly more diverse array of uh, personal opinions and beliefs at the Lone Star Outdoor Show, maybe than we do here at Justified Pursuit. <laughs> I a bit, but that anyone that listens to that show probably knows where I stand on most of these things. So yeah. Anyway, here we go. The gift that keeps on giving, Kamala Harris. You know, when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community. They are a children of the community. And in that way, we should all feel a direct sense of responsibility. Did you get that? We, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> it's not as bad as the one we played last week where she said the words um, work together five times, I think. Five times in 27 seconds. Uh, but it's on the same ballpark. Uh, she interpreter please man um god what did i tell you i gotta find what was that tucker quote i just read to you before we started that uh she's she's like a wine mom she's like a low iq wine mom (laughs) and there was something else uh oh man the other quote was even better i thought something poet oh yeah like a dyslexic poet (laughs) yeah a low iq wine mom slash dyslexic dyslexic poet poet. yeah Uh, Tucker's a nice guy. I met him at the SCI uh, convention. Very approachable for being one of the most famous people in America. He was like, yeah, sure, dude. Nice to meet you. He was like, what do you do for a living? I was told him. He's like, cool. And he had a fly rod on his back that he just, I know he didn't buy yeah. it. Someone gave to him. But the fact that he wanted it, I was like, oh, he's a, he's a big time fly fisherman. This dude's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I, oh, so I, I'm getting on my business page on Facebook about three or four days ago it was when I was in Hawaii and there's this prompt to change your logo. You know, like you could do Ukraine or gay pride or COVID vaccine booster. <laughs> and it says, would you like to change? Would you like to add this, uh, uh, lab- not label. What is it? A border, a border. Would you like to add this border to your profile photo? I was like, sure, I want to, I will video your stupidity and I'll put it on social media just to make you look stupid because that's what you are. I cannot believe dude. Just like I'm listening to sports radio. I'm here. I'm seeing it on TV. They're still pushing the freaking boosters, which we know don't work. Would you, like, here's to cover, a prompt. Would you, would you like to cover those stats for a second? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a good segue. I'll just lobbed you a big softball. You know, <laughs> smash it over the left field. Didn't, fence. Even, didn't have this on the run sheet, but uh, thanks for, <clears throat> thanks for teeing it up uh by the way sidebar um <laughs> i saw something yesterday that somebody i mean it was donald trump jr that the that the lgbtqrstuv community has like incorporated uh ukraine's flag into the gay pride flag for uh a brief moment in time to show oh, their Lord. solidarity despite uh <laughs> Despite the fact that Ukraine does not uh, permit same-sex marriage and is apparently quite hostile, they, to the they probably like stone LGBTQ people over there. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. <clears throat> so These people um, don't even know what they're supporting. They're like, oh, what do you, they, they're like, what am I supposed to support today? Tell me, govern me harder. What, what am I supposed to like? Cause I'm too stupid <sighs> to think for myself. Too stupid indeed. So, uh, Walgreens, we've, we've referenced it a few times now. Walgreens continues to track. Thank you. COVID positive cases by various classifications, including those who are not vaccinated, who can track COVID, those who have had a dose of a vaccine, one single dose, those who have had two doses greater than five months ago, those who have had two doses less than or equal to five months ago, those who have had three doses greater than five, less three doses. less. Here's than or equal the, I'm going to interject for one second because I'm, I want to hear the stats, but I could take these stats to. 20 people in my life right now and say, here you I'm go. So glad that I can't. <laughs> what do you, what do you do with this? And, and some like my sister, my brother, his wife, my, my youngest brother, uh, half the people in my fantasy football league, I could say, what do you do with this? These stats. I said, this is, this, this is not an opinion. This is scientific data. What do you do with data? Oh, they'd be like, mm, I don't believe it. <laughs> but, but this is from Walgreens, and they, they're conducting Who's a selling live, the shots. <clears throat> they're doing a live study as we speak, collecting data. Oh, no, no, I, don't, I don't believe it. Okay, anyway. Dude, the media is reporting it. Like, the, the ones who are in the bag for Pfizer. I think one of the side effects of the shot is to further blind you to reality. Yeah. It, it created, like, the the... What must happen is that the spike proteins that it teaches your body to create, because it teaches your body to make the spike protein, which is toxic, must create some kind of scale on their eyeballs. Thank God my wife's eyeballs are open, that she's not getting the booster and is over the shots. Thank God. So, uh, yeah, this is um, the breakdown of the percentage of each of those five six classifications that uh the percentage of each of those classifications in terms of the total tests administered versus the percentage of positive cases and i'll just i'll just cut right to the chase the bar graph is beautiful because it highlights it so clearly but long and short of it is um wait wait wait. so this isn't your opinion this is actual scientific data yeah right (laughs) well it's my impression of the bar graph from the scientific data. Okay. It is abundantly clear that after five months, your shots are doing more, more harm than good. The overall percentage of the tests administered by the, um, to those who are not vaccinated is 24.1%. Remember the first time we ever talked about this and we were like, I wonder if maybe it's because those people who aren't vaccinated, like you and I aren't taking mm-hmm. a test anymore. Cause I ain't right. taking another COVID test, no matter what, right. Stick it up your rectum and test yourself. I ain't taking it. <clears throat> um, 24.1%. So that's there's six classifications there, yet a quarter of the tests almost have been among the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. That is actually the second highest total in terms of, this is again, the percentage of the tests administered. The second highest total go, went to the unvaxxed compared to the highest total as among people who have had three doses. So a booster greater than five months ago so somewhere around the new year right the reality though is that of the 24 percent 
while 24% of all the tests administered were among the not vaccinated, 18.9% of all the positive cases came from that group. So a considerably lower percentage of positive cases coming from the second highest tested group. That group I just compared it to, that would be those who have had three doses more than five months ago. 29.2% of all the test takers, 35.3% of all the positive cases. So less than one third of the tests administered, greater than one third of all the positive cases. Ding, ding, ding. It's really interesting because the, the for, so for those who have had one dose, the total tests taken is 2.6%. The total positive cases is 2.5%. That's the lowest on both classifications, people who have had one shot. My guess is the people who have had one shot, um, I don't know, maybe one shot maybe actually did something. Just having one shot, the Johnson and Johnson, you know, the one that creates blood clots and has to be, you know, slapped with an extra warning label, label, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that thing actually helps a little bit because, but at the same time, that's a tiny percentage of test takers. Maybe that's the group who is like, F this whole stupid thing. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, If those who have had two doses greater than, greater than five months ago, so no booster yet, but nothing, you know, two doses prior to January 1st, say. They represent the third highest percentage of total tests at 22.4, but the second highest percentage of positive cases at 25 and a half. So a full quarter. So almost a, you know, almost a fifth of the total tests, but a quarter of the positive cases. So you add those two together, people who've had three doses prior to January 1st or two doses prior to January 1st. And you're talking about, 60% of all the positive cases are made up by those people. Dude, you mentioned these people wouldn't believe that. The news media is telling us. Bill Gates went on the air the other day with Anderson Cooper and explained that you'll need a shot every six months for these things to work. He said, until we get better vaccines. This is showing that. Because then in between those two, you've got people who have had two doses less than five months ago. So in other words, somewhere this year, they took a shot, right? That is only 3.7% of the total tests given and and 2.7% of the positive cases. So it does appear that during that five-month window, if you've had a shot within the last five months, it seems like you're way less likely to catch it Mm -hmm. until you boost that shit. Because you boost that shit, and now you're percent of positive cases jumps all the way back up to 15, 2.2%, even if your booster was this year, less than five months ago. So in other words, but so yes, Facebook says, do you want to put on your border that you got your COVID vaccine so that you can increase your chances of getting COVID? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, dude. One dose seems maybe like it helped two doses that were both completed before the first of the year, maybe seems like it helped, but no, no, no. I'm sorry. Two doses, two doses did not help Two, no, no, no. You're right. Two doses that have been given this year, or at least one of which was given this year, anything greater than five months ago, your chances, two doses, three doses, your chances just continue to increase 
the farther you get away from your shots and the more shots you got. That's the chart right there. Mm. It's just, it's not, it's, it's hilarious that you're saying, you know, people who would deny this because they're Bill Gates is telling us this. They're, they've been saying this for months. They've been saying this for two years, that there's concept of original antigenic sin. If we keep boosting people, there have been doctors, there have been F- FDA doctors saying we need to take a serious look at this booster thing because we could create a situation where we're actually harming your immune system by bombarding it with these friggin' spike proteins. But yeah, put your go get your booster and put it on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Virtue signal to the world how compliant you are. Oh, there's a good, that's a good word to uh, our next bit of audio chism. Speaking of Pfizer. Speaking of Pfizer. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, it sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that uh, compliance. Uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in, in uh, this field. I haven't said the F word on the show in a long time. I'm not going to start now, but that's what wants to come out of my mouth for that guy. That's the Pfizer CEO. What's his name? Albert Borla. I would like to punch him square in the face. <laughs> He's an evil psycho. Compliance. Yeah. Compliance. Why do he? Why do all these bad guys sound like bad guys from a movie? Seriously, you could put him on any James Bond film and be like, that's the bad guy for this. Literally, that's the bad guy. The good guy never (laughs) sounds like that. No, no, they never him. And so (laughs) for context, oh, that was lifted. (laughs) Got him. It just feels like we live in a movie. I think we mentioned last week that this week, as we speak, the week of what is this? The week of the 22nd, I believe. Yeah. 23rd uh the world economic forum the uh devious brainchild of klaus schwab uh, is going on in davos. Uh, davos switzerland for the 20th year in a row very few people knew about it 10 years ago a whole lot more people seem to know about it these days but the world economic forum are the guys who brought you the great reset or who are, i guess are bringing you the great reset they are all a thousand dollar percent in on transhumanism. They are uh, down with social credit score systems, uh, a la you know the Chinese Communist Party that will you know like prevent us from buying hamburgers if our if our personal oh, carbon footprint gets. Is that the one? That's what it was, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's, look, that's look what it that was. up. It was a look that up while I finish setting the stage here. If you can think, you can find it. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, as we speak, the World Economic Forum is hosting their annual, whatever the hell they call, Global Economic Summit or whatever. And so you've got the CEOs of Pfizer and BlackRock and uh, I don't know, dude, I'm sure Berks, maybe somebody from Berkshire Hathaway, definitely people from massive you know, defense contractors like Boeing and uh, Northrop Grumman, I'm sure. All of these people are in Davos to party together and to plan out how to control the world and i'm not just dude i'm not being I'm, uh, these are their words klaus right. in his introductory speech described how the superpower elite that's what they call themselves in the room that he's speaking to are the ones that will shape the new world right and the fact that they were all that 
the scariest part going back to the biblical stuff is like they're all from from every country thinking right. that hey it doesn't matter what country you're from if you're uber wealthy we will control the world together right all right so you There's mentioned the elites. footprint well, hold on hold on so 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 albert borla is the ceo of pfizer yeah like we mentioned, he sounds like a comic Here's book your, superhero, vi- yeah. supervillain, just like Klaus does. That talk, he was talking about a new technology Pfizer is currently developing that will be medication in pill form. Somewhere before that clip, he says something about an, an ingestible pill right. that has a microchip in it that when you take it will then transmit a signal to the authorities, whoever, that yes, you've taken your medicine on time as instructed. And he says, imagine the compliance. Imagine mm-hmm. the compliance. You want to ensure that you can brainwash all of society to behave themselves? One of the oh, things yeah. the great... You're just great- a robot walking around in this catatonic state, not able to think for yourself because you took your medicine on time and they're tracking it. Klaus tells us all the time that in the transhumanist future that they're working to create, we will own nothing and we will be happy. Google it. He says it well, all the yeah, time. We'll be happy because we, will, we take because they, medicine. Because, because, see, property ownership, Karl Marx taught us, is a real big problem because it creates class diversity, right? <laughs> you know we who can, owns we all need, the property? The people we, that are at this forum. Right. But they are important and they get to keep their property, right? Just ask uh, Carrie. Uh, former Senator and Secretary of State John Kerry, when he's challenged about the fact that he jet sets all over the globe in his private jet, and he's like, well, I have to do that because I'm the one combating climate change. It's like, or helping create it. Mm. <clears throat> Doesn't seem like you could fly coach, bro. You could take a boat. Nope, nope, nope. Got to get places fast. Super important because he's an elite, see? But yeah, so to create global equity, which is their chief concern, allegedly, not for them, but for everybody else, you can't own property because those who own property can presumably find ways to get more property, maybe by turning that property into an income, which is not fair, I guess. Right. So you'll own nothing and like it. Well, how are you going to make sure that we like it? Maybe by giving us an ethanol chip or ethanol pill mm-hmm. with a chip to assure we're taking it on a timely basis. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, tell us about so, the other thing that we. And this goes back to. This kind of goes back to what we've talked about, how China will give you your coupons. Not, it's not real money. It's just, yeah, you can use it for X, Y, and Z. But if you try to buy A, B, or C, Chisholm, you already bought your allotment of red meat for this month. You already used too much fuel because you traveled to the deer lease. You, tra- you made too many trips to the deer lease. Sorry, you don't get to go anymore. Uh, so here's this guy's talking about tracking an individual human being's carbon footprint so that they can, in a sense, what, why would they want to track it, right? Let's just play it. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Yay. It's something we're working on. Stay tuned for the latest and greatest in how we control your lives. Yep. Scary, dude. 
Oh, but he he's trying to make it sound like something the consumer wants. We're not consumers. You don't look at us as consumers. You look at us as peasants. Slaves. Slaves. Yeah. Sheep. No. Right. Shove that one up your rectum, uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, I mean, dude, it, just just two years ago, I can't. These are the two most damning, con- like all, all all the crap that we've dealt with in the last two years. These two comments that they've just put out there, like we're not. Here's what we're doing. These are pretty scary, dude. And it's also literally like the crooks and the root of everything that the quote conspiracy theorists have been talking about for years. Right. They've been it's trying to tell you they're going to put microchips right in your brain. Elon is working on that, and Albert Borla. New superhero, you know, super new comic book supervillain is trying to put it in your gut. This guy is trying to give you a social credit score, tracking your damn carbon emissions, all of this stuff. Like they tried to tell us two years ago when this shot thing started and they started talking about getting a vaccine passport. All of this stuff ties together. It's not crazy talk. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just a good old fashioned conspiracy. Yeah, real one. The same people that wouldn't put any stock into the Walgreens data would say, eh, it's not that big of a deal. I'm telling you, dude, it has to be that those shots help keep them asleep. It has to be. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced of it, man. Listen, I brought up the whole thing about SSRIs when we were talking about that horrible chat tragedy yesterday in Uvalde for a reason. Those SSRIs, they're designed to make you numb to life, right? You're super it. anxious. And depressed. So here, take this pill that will let you keep, you just won't worry about things anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, what if like you're kind of sick and a little bit deranged to start with? Maybe you've had a horrible, horrible childhood. And now we give you a pill where instead of like making you less anxious, it makes you not give a damn about human life. Right. And makes you realize, it makes you feel like, oh, there's just no value to it at all. Screw it. I'm going to do something completely dis- just heinous yeah. and atrocious. Right. You mentioned, the biblical aspect, dude, and I've, I've brought up the Tower of Babel a dozen times, and you alluded to it when you mentioned all these people coming together. The Tower of Babel story, that's exactly what the World Economic Forum is, man. It's all of the powerful elites in the world coming together, speaking a common language, and trying to build, new, build a new civilization in their, you know, in their mold, right? In, in the... In the the way they want it done. Right. Mm. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about how, and all of this stuff is built around high tech, right? This social credit system is absolutely, it's a computer program, right? A microchip that you see microchips in your stomach and this DNA, you know, gene, gene editing technology of these shots, man. All of it is computer science. I it, it, what I have realized is that coding itself, dude, coding language is the language, the common global language of the Tower of Babel. Mm. There's a whole bunch of those types of examples, right? Probably an infinite number, but it's the clearest, most obvious one today in modern society. Ones and zeros, coding language is the Tower of Babel. Doesn't matter what actual language you speak. If you're a computer scientist, you are fluent in this language, right? And mm-hmm. I know there are several different coding languages, right? There's only a handful or so that everybody uses. And then everything that they are creating is the construction of the tower itself. Yeah. So 
Uh, you mentioned Elon, who said that uh, he'll be voting conservative for the first time in his life in the upcoming election. I'm sure a lot of people, hopefully kind of on the fence, will take note of that and be like, well, if Elon's doing it, um, maybe I'll think about it too. But on the other side of the fence, it took the left about five minutes to accuse him of sexual assault once he, once he said he was going <laughs> to vote conservative. Just like they did to Clarence Thomas when he got out of line and betrayed his race, allegedly, and just like they did to all oh, that Harvard Kavanaugh. professor that we... Yeah, Kavanaugh, but that Harvard professor... I'm looking more at... I mean, they just they do it to everybody, everybody that they don't like, but they especially... like If you jump ship from the left to the right, you are absolutely going to be uh, uh, tarred as a sex, you know, as a as a rapist. Basically, uh, I'm talking Unless about you're the, the Harvard president of the United States. You can be accused of it, and then the lady who's running against you will say she believes those women, and then she'll end up being your running mate. It's a neat trick. <laughs> oh, Kamala has turned a lot of pretty neat tricks in her career. Wow. <laughs> I said it. She has. She slept her way to the top. I can't think of the guy's name, but like a, but a, a, a city councilman from from New York. I mean, not New York, from San Francisco. They actually don't count it. Call it councilman. They, um, San Francisco has a weird structure where there's like multiple like districts, and so like you get like a little king over your like. I know. Um, I mean, they have they have a mayor, but but their council is sort of. It's a different structure that they have. I can't think what they call it. Mm. Um, that's what uh, Newsom started out as, as one of these like district managers, city managers, maybe is what they are. Anyway, this guy, I can't think of his name, but he's like a long time kingpin in the corrupt San Francisco Democratic Party. She was sleeping with him while he was married, before her career started. Mm. There's a picture of him and her... And another gal, he's got two dates at some formal affair where they're like on a red carpet and he's got a broad on each arm and Kamala is one of them. Huh. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, literally, she turned Speaking tricks to get to where she some, is. She sold her, she sold her sexual favors to become the friggin' vice president of the United States. Uh, Gavin ultimately had a quote yesterday, I believe, where he said that he. She's a hooker is what I'm saying. 100% hopes that the hooker is the next president of the United States. There is no way that will happen unless Biden falls over dead. She ain't getting elected. No way. Not a chance in hell. Yeah, no, she did. <laughs> There's this impossible. It, even hardcore leftists can't be like, yeah, that's a good We've idea. pointed it out a hundred times. She got 1% of the black vote before bailing out of the Democratic primary primary before the Iowa caucuses. That's the first primary. Yeah. She's a joke. A huge, like, like galactic, like cataclysmic joke of a human. <laughs> uh, what is and, and a hooker. Speaking of another joke of a human, but one that is uh, a lot smarter than her. Have we ever gone so edgy as to call the vice president of the United States a hooker? Have I, I, let me, have, let I got, have I have I have I ever gotten that edge? No, I definitely <laughs> have. But is it edgy if it's the truth? <laughs> Just told y'all about it. <laughs> I'll definitely 
try to provide the citation. I can't. I, w- I wish I had the guy's name. She's a whore. Okay. Um, right. Hillary, whose husband's a whore. What's the latest with her on the Sussman situation? Because I was, it's been in the news. Like it, it, it's been front and center. It's getting some coverage. Yeah. Um, so the latest with Hillary, uh, the trial started, I guess, last week. Um, they've been, you know, presenting their case uh, for basically a full week now. And um, some interesting stuff is definitely coming out. Um, they had. Uh, ah, dude, I mean, the case is, as far as I'm concerned, it's an open and shut case. At the end of the day, there's that email that we've referenced where. This guy Sussman specifically said in a text, not an email, a text to the FBI attorney general, I'd like to have a meeting tomorrow to present all this crap that we have as a concerned citizen, not representing a client. And then just last week, just Thursday, maybe Friday, they put a guy on from Hillary's campaign. Is that the guy Mook, right? Does that sound familiar? You're educating me as we go. I wasn't really following along while I was out of town. Uh, there's a guy who I think his last name is Mook. Yeah, mm-hmm. here we go. Robbie Mook basically testified last week that Hillary Clinton personally approved the plan to share the Trump Russia allegation with the press in 2016. Robbie Mook was her campaign manager. This is actually from CNN. Marshall Cohen. First, first paragraph, Hillary Clinton personally approved her campaign's plans in the fall of 2016 to share information with a reporter about an uncorroborated alleged server back channel between Donald Trump and a top Russian bank. Her former campaign manager testified Friday in federal court. Hmm. Yep. Now, what, th- what it didn't say, and I looked into it a little bit last week, I would like to I've had a chance to go through this. I should have taken a look at this before this call. But um, what it doesn't say is specifically is that she knew it was BS. Mm-hmm. All it's saying is she said, yep, provide it to, uh, you know, to, to provide it to the, to the media, right? So she signed off on it, and that's now been testified under oath. Are they going to call Hillary to the stand is what I want to know. Right. So what they're trying to claim in this email, this this thing is my point is that um, that Clinton that, that this allegation doesn't mean Clinton knew it was all lies, um, despite the fact that there is a mile long paper trail trail proving that one of her campaign attorneys and Democratic National Convention attorneys, Sussman, who is the defendant, exchanged emails with half a dozen people proving that they made the whole thing up. So her defense will always be I didn't know she didn't know that they had made it up that her under her her underlings created the hoax and that she signed off on sharing it but didn't know it was a creation a figment of their imagination um she's not going to jail dude she's not going to trial over this interestingly and I don't remember if I've mentioned it's, this before. Then uh, it's in- insignificant because no one will ever care. Uh, it doesn't mean it's insignificant. No one will ever care. She got away with it. And this whole Russian hoax will just be swept under the rug. Essentially, like she's not going to be 
Her feet aren't going to be held no, to the fire for no, that. No, I, I, I'm, dude, I'm positive. I am positive that 20 years from now, that this event will will be looked at the same way that Nixon is looked at. Nixon never went to jail either. He did get impeached and charged and got pardoned by his uh, his successor. Nothing's happening to her. Um, but Ford, yeah, Gerald Ford. <clears throat> um. Maybe she'll end up being charged. One thing that's worth noting is that the attorney, not the attorney, the judge here is an Obama appointee. Either Obama or it may have been Bill Clinton. Hmm. Well, that's not a conflict of interest. If Bill, <laughs> it, ha- it can't be Bill Clinton. There's no way. Yeah, and it gets worse. So, and again, something I should dive a little <laughs> deeper into. I think the judge next- was a possibly appointed by the defendant's husband or her, her campaign anyway <sighs> tell me that's not true who appointed christopher it can't be true there's no way it was either obama or clinton man yeah okay obama okay obama appointed him but if i'm not mistaken he had camp he had a history of contributing to both Clinton's campaigns, uh, mm-hmm. Bill as a president and, and um, um, uh, Hillary, maybe when she was running for Senate. When she so was- she's super closely tied into this, uh, this cabal, right? Now, <clears throat> that being said, he had allowed a whole bunch of very damning... Like, at this point, the case that that John Durham has already built, you know, involved the submission of a whole bunch of evidence that basically nails this guy Sussman to the wall at the 11th hour, about three or four weeks ago, right before trial, he tried to get some tweets of Hillary's submitted into the record. And this guy Cooper denied those, um, worse than that because at the, but at the end of the day, they weren't relevant to getting to nailing Sussman. So I don't really see all he was trying to do was, point out like Hillary's in on this, right? It doesn't have anything to do with the case about Sussman lying. So I don't think it was wrong for judge Cooper to have barred that. In the meantime, they selected the jury. And the way I understand it is, you know, you need a jury of 12, right? But what they have is a jury of 17 because they want some backups in the event that half the jury catches COVID they don't have to shut the trial down. So they have like a larger than average jury pool that they can basically whittle, whittle down, I guess. Mm-hmm. One of the people that this judge that I guess I think that Durham tried to kick out of the jury pool that the judge allowed, uh, his daughter plays with Michael Sussman's daughter in lacrosse. <laughs> like now, like on the same team now, that's a jury juror on this trial. Uh, another one had a oh. twenty-year twenty-year record of having donated to Clinton's campaign. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. A lot of conflict of interest there. Um, Governor DeSantis, I'm sure you saw this, told the WHO power grab to shove it up their ass, and that Floridians will not be playing games with them as far as any type of 
Did you see that? Uh, actually, I did not. But I mean, yeah, he had a press conference and said Florida will not be participating in any of the WHO overreach that they were talking about. Good. So yeah, uh, don't see. Didn't see Abbott say the same thing. I know. Yeah. Um, as far as that, let's run through a couple of quick hits ago, I guess. I'm real worried about Abbott's ties to the World Economic Foundation. Um, Georgia had some elections yesterday and had record all-time turnout. How is that possible with voters? Right, I know. I know they made, yeah, they made everybody get IDs and they wouldn't ha- let people hand out water 100 yards from the station. And yet... And it's awesome. Stacey Abrams won the Democratic nomination again, so she's running for governor again. And she said something like, I saw this right before our call, um, we know that voter turnout has nothing to do with voter suppression. Weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that, Stacey. So like, so, like, all that was still voter suppression and the fact that it didn't, uh, not only didn't hamper voter turnout, but you've got record voter turnout uh, is in no way related to voter suppression. So I guess what she's still trying to say is that her fellow black people are not among those showing up, um, that it's all white racists who showed up in extra droves because they're so stoked about the voter suppression vis-a-vis the requirement of an ID. I guess that's what she's saying. The same, uh, the same voters who didn't show up and ended up losing the two Senate seats, those white voters... I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Apparently the Washington post actually wrote an article about it saying, Hey, turns out the media might've been a little bit wrong about just how suppressive these rules were. And the New York times wrote an article about record turnout and didn't even bother to acknowledge their own, uh, you know, egregious and, and clearly false commentary about the matter. Uh, yeah, and also Herschel Walker won the Republican Senate nomination. So he will be running against yeah. the uh, abortion pastor. Uh, and God willing, he kicks his ass. Uh, he would definitely kick his ass in a fight. Hopefully he kicks his ass in this political fight. Well, I know I could beat up a female UFC fighter. I would not tangle with Herschel Walker. Yeah, it would be wise to bow out of that one. So you're just going to gloss over that whole thing where I said I could kick a woman's ass? It's just so silly that it's it's hardly worth replying to, to be honest with you. She would choke you so fast, you'd be out before you hit the floor. 210 pounds against, uh, what's the lightest weight? You'd have to be able to hit her. No, just grab her. Get one bare paw on her, and she's done. If she weighed 110 pounds, yeah. Again, you understand nothing about how jujitsu. Again, works. we've had the conversation with people who actually fight, and they're like, "Yes, you would definitely have a chance if you got a hold of her. You would win." The end. Meh. Hmm. They were all sexist. So apparently, uh, apparently there was a an assassination uh, assassination plot to snuff plot out being, plot being the operative word to snuff out former. Uh, President George W. Bush. You don't buy it. I buy that there was a plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I also they arrested think that, a Turkish dude. 
I also think that in the next few years, we'll discover that the FBI informants had as much to do with Jen- That's already been referenced. The article I read about it says the plot was uncovered last year when FBI, when this guy told some FBI informants what he wanted to do. Where have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. Like real recently. Like, remember when a bunch of guys got arrested for trying to kidnap a governor of Michigan? And right. then it turns out that when the audio was played in court, it was like, wait, um, these three guys out of 12 weren't the ones that hatched this plot. These nine guys out of 12 who have FBI ties were the ones who egged this thing on. Yeah, the FBI is already implicated in it. I would bet $1,000 right now that when the dust settles on this, it will have been an FBI Cons- you know conspiracy to start with i'm willing i seriously i'd put a thousand dollars on it right now yeah i i'd say that's a pretty safe bet they do it all the time man we've got notes in our show notes from the new york times from 2001 i think the article was in 2001 i know the incident was in 2001 it might have been like 02 or 03 where they framed a 19 year old arab kid for uh, plotting to you know detonate a bomb in the subway in New York, and while they're like talking him into doing it, he stops and says, "I think I really should talk to my mom about this." They forced him into saying on a phone call that yeah he would do it, and then they were like, "Oh, caught a terrorist!" Great job, guys. Did you catch a terrorist or did you create a terrorist? It's a good question, but. Clearly, they created terrorists in Michigan. Those guys got off because the evidence was overwhelming. There were some dope heads. I don't mean like drug addicts necessarily. I just mean dumbasses who didn't have a lot going on in their life, who were real worked up by the fact that, you know, the left is trying to destroy the country. They are. And their governor is they're, the they're worst. Right, the <laughs> their governor is the worst. The worst. You know, the one that wouldn't let people grow gardens. During COVID, when the single two best things you could do to keep from dying from COVID were to be getting some sunlight and eating healthy. But no, you're not allowed to grow a garden. So they found some guys who were a little upset about all that, who didn't have jobs or real great prospects. And they're like, hey, 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 what do you think about? Hey, hey, let's kidnap her. What do you think? Hey, 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 what do you think? What do you think? And they were like, uh, yeah, sure. Terrace. How about the guys? with direct FBI ties who were on video leading the charge into the Capitol building on January 6th. Why that hasn't gotten more attention is mind-blowing. Dude, (laughs) come on. What do you mean? Why? We know why. Everybody slightly right of center is fully friggin' aware of that. The media, quote, the, the mainstream media won't touch it. It undermines everything they stand for. And, and so all of the sleepers a, with the with the dark place Chisholm spike protein scales over their eyes. There's no hope for anything. Why do we even have this show? What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> we are on the precipice as a culture, as a global, as a, as a national society, even maybe as a global society. We're on the precipice of a great awakening and justified pursuit will be a cog in the wheel of that. That's why. Amen. Amen. Great awakening is upon us. I think that's going to do it for episode. Hold 70. on, real quick. State Farm. State, State Farm. Farm. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You mentioned you had this in the notes. So, yep. Uh, I got like ten minutes. What's their little jingle? I do too. Uh, State Farm. Da dun dun dun. Right. No, that's nationwide. Is on your side. Oh, nationwide. State Farm is like State uh, Farm is the Chris Paul trust. None of this really matters, except that it's hilarious in the scheme of State Farm slogan. I got to look it up. Uh, that's definitely yeah, nation. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, like a good neighbor. Like a oh, good yeah. neighbor, dude. Like a good you? neighbor. State Farm is grooming your kids into transgender ideology, or at least they were until yesterday. <laughs> what? <laughs> at least they were until yesterday. Why? Did, why are these companies playing around in transgender ideology? This is you, you're way out of your lane. Oh my god, dude! Like they're they're not even on the road. They're on that desert dirt road on the dark side of Hana that I was talking about earlier, or Maui. Uh, yeah. So apparently, a whistleblower at State Farm released uh, a few days ago an email where, damn it, where did that story go? Um, the uh, the agency or the yeah the insurance company was. Um, they, they, they were putting money into this group, this nonprofit LGBTQRS. Yeah. Yeah. Gender. Cool. Here we go. This is from MSN. Yeah. State farm cuts ties with gender. Cool. An LGBTQRS TUV, uh, advocacy group. Um, after backlash, uh, cause you know, Republicans pounced. So the leak was this internal email letting everybody know that to combat the don't say gay bill that doesn't say the word gay, Mm -hmm. they were going to be handing out three books provided by Gender Cool, 501c3 nonprofit, to children as young as kindergarten. Um, Oh, dude, I got to tell you this other story. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this Fox News headline, like a creepy neighbor. <laughs> like a creepy neighbor. Well, they know how to pick a winner because uh, Chris Paul, it is it is State Farm that does all the Chris Paul ads. Mm. And the Mavericks just kicked the Suns' ass in the uh, Western Conference semifinals. Listen, though, Chris Paul, the only player whose team's ever been up two games to zero in a series to lose all five series. Can you believe that? Up 2-0 in a best of seven. They've lost five of them. You know whose record he broke? The previous record? Chris Paul's at four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> yeah. Loser. Uh... Loser company. Oh, good. Loser athlete. Yeah, he's loser, yeah. loser, loser. Yeah. So uh let's see. They wanted to bring clarity and understanding to the national conversation about quote being transgender, inclusive, and non-binary. This is from the email targeting children as young as kindergartners uh, nationwide, approximately 550 state farm agents and employees will have the opportunity to donate three, this three book bundle to their local teacher community center or library of their choice. And this will extend beyond Can't Florida the school board say, screw you. We don't want that filth. The gender cool collection, but let's see in California, they're going to welcome that filth because I want to tell you this story. So I was visiting with uh, my buddy, 
who's a wild game, uh, wild game chef in Northern California. He had me on his new field to plate uh, from field to plate podcast last week. And he told me he will be moving to Texas eventually uh, like so many other Californians, but he will not, he will vote the right way when he gets here, which is why he's leaving. But he told me his, his six-year-old daughter is in uh, kindergarten, California public school. He gets an email. Would you like your daughter to participate in a health services study study? Knowing what he knows about California schools, he's like, uh, I want to see the, the survey before you give it to my daughter. They send him a copy of the survey. The first question, Chisholm, you can't make this up. The first question that they are giving to a six-year-old kindergarten girl, have you ever felt like you might be a boy? And this is this is under the guise of a health study survey that they are giving to six-year-olds. He said that he the email that he wrote back to them could not be read on the air. But needless to say, his daughter did not get the survey. Oof. Six so, years old. Yeah. That, the three-book bundle that State Farm was going to be sending out that Ginger Cool provides. First one, a kid's Ginger book about- Ginger Cool probably ha- wrote that, that health study survey. A kid's book yeah, about being transgender, a kid's book about being inclusive, and a kid's book about being non-binary. Awesome. Um, when in the opening thing we played California, yeah, dude, and dude, it's so totally grooming, man. It, I mean, that we, uh, mm. so, uh, the more recent, uh, news as of today, this is Newsweek. What is gender cool? Question mark. State farm cuts ties with LGBTQ program after backlash. Company said Monday that's that it would dissolve its relationship with Gender Cool, an organization that supports transgender and non-binary youth. The company said it would no longer support the organization after some customers, some, I bet it was just a I bet it was like three, like a half a percent <laughs> of their customers. No, you know who's half a percent? <laughs> oh, Actually, wait. less. It's probably transgender people. But yet we're gonna push this crap on all of our customers, even though 99% of them are against it. Dude, hold on. <laughs> After some customers and staff members became concerned that it was providing LGBTQ themed books to schools and public libraries, that's what they were. They were just concerned about, you know, providing LGBTQ themed right. books to schools and libraries. The announcement comes amid a growing conservative movement in the U.S. to ban gender identity and LGBTQ topics. TQ bigots. You're bigots. Oh wow, you're a bigot, Chisholm. Oh, they switch you don't want your kids transgendered. You're a bigot. Actually, if they want to do that at 18, you know, they have one life to live. That's fine. But we're not going to teach them at six years old that if ooh, they have a ooh, vagina, ooh, ooh, they might ooh. be a boy. The company statement said conversations about gender and identity should happen at home with parents. We don't support required curriculum in schools on this topic. We support organizations providing resources for parents to have these conversations. Have you ever heard of any organization? Wow. Crawfishing that fast? What a dude. Crawfishing. Man, it was like. Slammed it in reverse. No, like, okay. <clears throat> when, when Randy Johnson threw a hundred mile an hour slider or, you know, fastball at, at, uh, you know, Albert pool holes and he knocked it 560 something feet. That's the 180 that these guys just did. The moment that the ball hit the bat and went straight back the other direction. Like that's how fast these assholes turned around. <laughs> Bad people. Uh, you like, you like my 20 year old dated baseball references. Who's good these days. Is, uh, Trout, is Trout still good. I know the Rangers are like 18 and 23. 
I stopped watching the game. Still look at the box score. I'll turn it on if there's nothing else going on. But speaking of trannies, let me play this little gym and then we'll leave, leave on everybody a high. on a high. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. I me, am Rachel Simon. Let me tee. Oh, I guess she's going to tee it up. This is a psychotherapist. I'm going to find out real quick if she's I a psycho Rachel or a therapist. Simon. I use she, her pronouns. I am a psychotherapist, educator, consultant, and author. Um, I run my private practice here in Philadelphia, and I am the author of the Everybody Book, which is a an LGBTQ inclusive um, sex ed resource for seven to 12 year olds. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said that this, this talk specifically was geared towards teens, but you're so right that sexuality education starts the minute you're born. I mean, we have, we are born with bodies. These bodies are cool. We want to touch our bodies. We're learning about um, privacy and, you know, being, Sexual and public from a very early age. We're learning about so drop the cons of talking about sexuality with parents and getting our sexual info from parents in the chat. Um, because we're getting some of that embarrassment, awkwardness, those can be cons. They don't want to talk about it. Uh homophobic and transphobic ideas from parents can absolutely be a problem. <laughs> Inescapable judgment. Yeah, bigoted, misinformed parents who have no idea how to talk about gay sex. They're biased. If they are religious, it can be very difficult to get into the conversation with them. Yeah, sometimes you can get stonewalled out of information. Wow. Yes. I guess she was reading next to Satan in hell for that lady. No doubt. Yeah. Um, this you know what the the whole message there. I mean, she didn't come out and say it, but if you understand what she's saying, is that parents have no role in education whatsoever. They're wards of the state. Give us your children. Let us indoctrinate them. Parents, you have no place here. You have no say here. Yeah, so if it sounded like she was reading some of that, it's because she was in a live, like a live chat or Facebook Live or something like that. And so what she was, the people she was talking to were presumably like teenage kids with questions and feedback. And to your point, she said, sexuality education starts the minute you are born. It's just not true. And you need to be you hey, know, dude, aware that what? some parents are bigoted and misinformed. And My especially, son so if they're nine years old, he's nine. He knows he has a penis and he knows that girls don't. And that's all he knows. He doesn't even, he has no interest right now in girls. All he wants to do is ride his bike, throw the baseball with his buddy, occasionally play a video game and that's it. So to say that I know bro, sexual, uh, identity or what did, what did she say? Uh, sexual, sexuality, sexuality starts the moment of birth is a uh, horseshit. So here's what they're he, trying to claim. A nine year old kid. There's a house that doesn't even know about the birds and the bees or care. Dude, the most recent rebuttal to the groomer tag is it's actually society and conservatives that are are the original groomers because we groom kids into heterosexual cisgender normative roles based on their biological sex. Well, guess what? That is called science. The dick goes in the vagina. Yeah, trust me. I know. 
they live in a fantasy land. Like I said, they've got they've got Malays they've got spike eyes. protein scales over their eyes. I I think I talked did I talk about Paolo Freire on last week's episode or maybe the week week before this mm. South American Brazilian guy who kind of I had one thing wrong. He was born in the 20s. It was a book he wrote in the 80s that was published in 1985 that is now the foundational text for groomer schools is what James Lindsay calls them, who's a professor of philosophy. All of this, dude, comes from this man who felt, who taught and believed that you should be corrupting the minds of children as young as possible, that you should be teaching kids about sex at as early as possible because only the bourgeois elite, uh, you know, privileged, spoiled among us get to live, have something called childhood innocence. And all the kids from, you know, the other side of the tracks or the barrio or the shanty towns, they're apparently getting molested and seeing sex everywhere from the age of six months. And so the only way, as we always talk about in a communist utopia, to make everybody equal is to drag everybody down. So we mm. ruin everybody's childhood by talking about sex. He taught that that's what they're doing. That's what she just said. That you should that, that, that sexual sexuality education begins at birth. BS. BS. It's nonsense. Mm. You're a psychopath. You're yeah. a psychopath who is absolutely trying to groom Psycho people's therapist, kids but into more on the psycho side of the spectrum. But more importantly, dude, he he wrote, I think I think I talked, I know I've talked with somebody about this. What the 20, what the Marxists of the 21st century started to realize 20th century, I'm sorry, the 1900s. Karl Marx did his devious work in the 1850s, right? But then the socialist revolutions began yeah, yeah, in the 20th century. And they, they realized that when you flip the power structure, all you do is you end up with new elites, right? So this guy's theory is confuse the shit out of little kids so that they stay in a perpetual state of chaotic revolution because you can't ever have a revolution and then normal stability again because oh. normal stability always leads to oppression. So what you need is constant chaotic revolution. That's what they're teaching our kids. So not all of them understand that. His, They've just been brainwashed to teach this shit. They're what Marx and Lenin and Stalin would call the useful idiots. Yeah. But the deep philosophy underpinning it by the Ivy League, Ivy Tower academic douchebags is that stuff. So Done. chaos, like uh, I'm picturing a a girl with blue hair, yeah, <laughs> holding a sign up, screaming. She definitely has colored hair. But also, right. the girl has a penis. Right. And she's standing there protesting and screaming about abortion for no reason. <laughs> abortion or don't or misgendering her or it or whatever the hell it is that day. That's what he's looking for. Yes. People who are so uncomfortable in their own skin and in the reality around them that they're doing that all the time forever. That's what we're well, doing want. a good job because there's a lot of them popping. Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, they seem to be at the moment. They, they seem to be winning. Major college campus, you can find quite a few of them. Uh, for Chisholm Cook, I am Cable Smith. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 78 of Justified Pursuit. We will see you next week. Groomers are bad. Take me far away.